Hello, everyone, and welcome to the greatest episode of Hotline League ever. It's going to be a banger. There's so much to talk about tonight, so much so that we decided not even to have a guest on so that Mark and I didn't have to worry about them blabbing up the lines. You guys can all call in with all of your takes because, boy, golly gee, is there a lot going on these days. Uh, first off, let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Great. Following up with the last episode's uh, engagement bait right at the beginning, my point continues to be proven true. Rings of power, absolute dog water writing. Uh, I watched episode three and I liked it more than the first two. So I, I said episode three was maybe my, my favorite so far. No but episode four instantly just like <laughs> catapulted that. There's so many, so many things wrong with it. How's the dragon? We, you and I talked before about how we like it's it's not hitting the same highs for Game of Thrones of us. I'm still enjoying it at least. Okay. At least I don't dislike it yeah well i i actively find myself unengaged are you gonna keep watching rings of power absolutely okay so you're just gonna hate watch it at this point in time well, i i watch everything okay great anyway i watched all right so so while we're on the the i watched do revenge that was a very good movie it was like this a zoomers homage or like it's it's made for zoomers and it's homage to all like 90s rom-coms and like a lot of those kinds of like teenage coming of age movies um like john tucker must die and like a uh, mean girls and a lot of like those plus rom-coms but it updates all of them to be modern and the jokes are not bad uh the way that you might expect of like someone writing a movie for zoomers and then it also still enhances it and does like a, a unique twist and like brings its own thing to the table so like it's a really good movie would recommend um uh, a lot of other stuff came out, but I can't remember now that I watched over the weekend. Falling fall apart. All right, anyways, there you go. Great. Loved it. Uh, I like Ring of, Rings of Power still. So, uh, shout out to Alienware and Grubhub for sponsoring the show. A uh, couple different things. So, one, at the end of the show, so after the stream is done, uh, we are going to be watching, uh, if you guys know Silvix, who does a bunch of really cool content in the space, does a bunch of hype videos. He's given us exclusive rights to debut his new North American Worlds hype video. And it's about, it says like North American Worlds or something. There's like a teaser that he tweeted out. So uh, we're going to be getting that out and we'll watch it on stream together. It'll be fun. We were going to put it in the um, in the show itself. And then I made the realization that there was a copyright music situation there that would not have uh, uh -oh. allowed us to play it uh, as a podcast distribution stuff. So we'll do it afterwards, but it'll be fun. Um, seventh, se uh, secondly, we are going to be doing, or are already doing a fundraiser for a charity called women in games international. want to make it clear. This is not something where I've like partnered with them directly. They don't even really probably know that I'm doing this. Uh, I just use uh, Twitch has a new charity function in the back end that you can pick certain charities to do fundraisers and it's very seamless. Uh, I set the goal at a thousand and 28 cents. And the, so far from the start of the stream, we're already at 305. So um, I will be thanking people who sub, but please do not sub. Uh, you know, if you already have like a resub going or you have a prime or something like that, sure, that's fine. But don't bits, don't do anything like that. Just tonight, please uh, help pump that donation goal as high as possible. Cause I think it'd be really fun if we hit it or even surpassed it. Um, and I felt like the I, this new charity thing is like brand new for, uh, Twitch, I think like they only added on the back end recently. 
And I thought it was uh, a good time to use it because of recent events, which I guess we might chat on a little bit. But that's a thing. Um, and then I wanted to give a shout out to Numi, who's in the chat, who I've officially brought on as the TGI community manager because she was literally doing all of that for free. And I decided I would at least pay her a nominal fee um, because it was nice of her to do that already. So if anybody ever has feedback or questions or whatever, you don't need to DM me directly on Discord. You can DM her instead or Twitter or something like that. So uh, that's all the TGI updates for now. We should have a very... I'm I'm aiming to have a very big announcement for next Monday, but I don't know if we will do that or not. So stay tuned. Mark Zimmerman, what should we talk about this week? All right. So obviously, uh, we're going to keep uh, no guest lines open. We'll probably chat a little bit, like you said, especially about the Carlos stuff. I don't know if we'll take a caller on it because I think most people are kind of on the same page, but we at least need to cover it in some depth, or at least a little bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, then, aside from that, Han Sama, I don't know if you saw this, because I actually haven't heard you say it yet, is gone, officially. Team Liquid put out their video. Off-season starting before play-ins even begins. Uh, so we'll have to talk about that a little bit. There's also, uh, I know you want to talk about Worlds format stuff at some point. I feel like this is probably the best... Yeah. episode to do it i'll probably do the blame game on that this week at your uh editorial decision you could make it on whatever editor. that was a suggestion i yeah, said i, I said do you want to do, do you, i literally because you you this is the thing is i knew you were going to get into this dead zone and so i've made suggestions now twice for what we could do for that episode yeah because I, I, I was can helping. try and do something else and you're like I'm what do you want to do mark? enough engagement i should definitely enough engagement what do you want to do mark are you sure this what do you want to do format video yeah well uh, there was the, a well because there was a thread on Reddit on on the front page over the weekend. I think it was, dude, it was there's Sunday been like or Saturday. five threads. Yeah, You've, yeah. Like every, it's like the world's format sucks. Why haven't they changed it? Wow, every L LCS. I'm surprised that the mods have allowed it to be up there that often. Not that I think it shouldn't be, but like normally they take down stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's then it was like Valorant had this. Why doesn't Riot do it there? It is people are clamoring. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's all that stuff. There, there's obviously other worlds topics. Uh, I think this is a good general episode where we're kind of doing an open mic night. So even though I just listed a bunch of things, uh, we're more likely to stray into the like kind of whatever topics that we sometimes overlook. Yeah. Uh, I know people sometimes talk about like formats we should do and let's bring back best of three or something. And we roll our eyes and never take that call. But this is the kind of night where maybe we'll take one of those calls or something. Yeah. I think I think that would be. Uh... A good idea. So yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff. Um, we we can keep like next episode. We'll probably talk more about plans because it'll be like plan starts next week, which you would not know if you look, went to lolesports.com and clicked I on the schedule tweet. button. The classic that was, Travis. That was the Travis standing does. button. He trolls the website looking for anything out of place so he can tweet about it. That's that's, no, here's that's what, what Travis does for fun. Here's what happened. I this is the funniest shit. Okay, so. <laughs> So Emily and I recorded because I'm going to go see family for a birthday thing tomorrow. So Emily and I recorded Rift Reaction early this week. And right beforehand, I was like, we made the poll for this week's episode of Rift, which is available on Spotify if anybody wants to listen to it. We made the poll like, which uh, group do you think is harder? And obviously people will skew one way or the other. But I wanted to read off the names of all the teams in both groups. And so... Three minutes before we're going live, I go to Law Esports and click standings, and it's just empty. And so we start the show with me being like, 
oh my god, guys, like, why does all esports.com suck? Like, Emily and I are trying to just do this show, whatever. And the funniest fucking shit is, we'll see if they do it. Maybe they won't do it this time. But they embed the show on the front page of lolesports.com. So if you go <laughs> later oh, this no. week, if they actually do it, you can go to the front page of lolesports.com and press play and immediately hear me complaining about lolesports.com. So I don't know if it's going to go up on the site or I not. I hope maybe they they'll cancel skip, your ass. Maybe they'll skip this episode. I mean, they can't cancel the show because it's a Spotify show. Some people are confused about that sometimes. They think that it's a riot show. Well, they not, can but... cancel putting it on the front page of lolesports. Right, 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 right. Right. So um, I just I, but yes, as if you go and you look at stand, you cannot find any virtually any information about groups in the built-in LOL esports functionality. Um, uh, and if you click schedule, it just still says like there's nothing here, even though the world is starting next week, which is just well, I don't know what to do, man. I don't know. I I maybe everybody switched to Val from the global team, and now there's nobody left to even update the website. But uh, it's just crazy. Um, everyone's everyone's praising the Val team on the League of Legends Reddit. It's good. It's like, psych, we're all over there. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should uh, I should just uh, switch to Val next year. Rift. Hey, Hotline League is a Hotline Val. Is that what that would be? I don't know. Rumors we... are they're canceling the dive. Where are you hearing that rumor? Ooh, ooh. This is a rumor. Think... Let's Someone get into just this. put it in chat. I haven't. I haven't heard it. Okay, where, where did you hear that? I suspect you're about to say nowhere. Less competition. Less competition. Uh, I heard that too. Where are you fuckers hearing this? You and Kobe's stream and Kobe's saying it and he, he knows and nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. Yeah, I didn't think so. I was like, uh, I know we're literally doing the dive in about getting, two weeks for Worlds play-ins. So uh, that'd be a weird thing to have it not be there. You're getting baited by... Uh, the Twitch chat again, Mark, which is not. Yeah, good. I am. All right, so let's get let's get into the the first significant topic of the evening. Yeah. Well, so I guess yeah, we should say we should recap for people who don't live on Twitter. Yeah. Why don't you do your best, Mark? Okay. So I believe this was Saturday. Um, Carlos of the G2 CEO. I guess he's not technically the owner anymore. I'm not, it always gets a little fuzzy to me when people are like the founding member and then they kind of get bought out and they don't quite have the shares anymore or sure. whatever. He's the, Anyways, he's the face of that organization from a leader. Yeah, everyone knows who, who we mean by Carlos. Uh, so he uh, posted a, a short video of him celebrating a win in, not Valorant, I don't think. I forget what eSport it was. Rainbow Six? I don't, I don't even really know. Anyways, they, they won something, and uh, they posted a video. And in oh, yeah, the background of like them all partying, you could see someone called Andrew Tate in the video. And if you're not familiar with Andrew Tate, I don't want to take the entire podcast <laughs> recapping that guy's uh, history, but he is banned off of most major, if not all major social media platforms for misogyny. He's being investigated for crimes um he's pretty clearly not, not a, good a good person, person. yeah but there is he does have a cult following for some young men because he kind of preaches that like alpha male energy angle that can appeal to some types of people sadly uh so anyways carlos is partying with him and that immediately set off a lot of people in twitter's red flags being like what the fuck are you doing partying with that guy carlos um 
and that built over the course of the day as people were tweeting more and more shit like that about like, hey, what the fuck? This isn't cool. This guy's problematic. You should not be with him. Um, and eventually it reached a point where Carlos responded to all that and said, this is where I draw the line. I won't let people police who I'm friends with, you know, fuck all y'all basically. Which, where was the line before? That's one I haven't quite... Like, this is where he's drawing line. Where was... What were the early areas he didn't The line, line was the Saudi money, you know, that oh, he said okay, he would yeah. never take, which then he took. So, obviously, okay. that wasn't the line. The, gotcha. the line was um, saying you shouldn't hang out with a uh, abuser. I don't, I don't know exactly yeah. what, what one word you would pick for Andrew Tate. Um, anyways, at, at that point, that really kicked it into overdrive. People really went after him then. And then the next day... Uh, the G2 Twitter account posted the thing that they were suspending him for eight weeks without pay as CEO, as a, a slap on the wrist, um, saying that it doesn't align with the company's morals or whatnot. Um, and then they, uh, Carlos put out like a kind of thing about not reading the room right or something, like a very bad apology, but then was still liking tweets of people basically being like, don't listen to the haters, bro. Like, you do you, live your best life kind of thing. So he was clearly not apologetic after the apology. <laughs> um, and that's about where we stand today. If you yeah. guys are not on the Twitter sphere or on the subreddit, you might have missed all that. There you go. So, oh yeah, G2 had also just announced a women's team. There's like a lot of irony in a lot of different places. So... Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, I don't think, you know, like, so I think we're talking about this in part because, I don't know, it's such a huge thing in the space. Um, but we don't tend to usually talk about stuff, even like these kind of bigger scandals outside of, uh, outside of LCS. Cause we tend to focus the stuff a little bit more on LCS, but wanted to address it and just get awareness of the incident out there. Um, and so I don't, I don't think we'll probably take any calls because I, I can't imagine what those calls would be like. It would be like, hey, this was fucking stupid. And then we'd say, yeah, we agree. And then that would basically be the call. But I think sort of as we were considering that, one of the, the ideas was, again, to support this charity initiative through uh, Twitch's new charity thing. So feel free to uh, support during the stream to, to Women in Games International. Uh, Mark, I don't know if there's anything else we want to say on the topic, but... Um, no, I just think, uh, there's always this funny line to me where people talk about getting canceled and it's even going on in our Twitch chat right now about canceling people is lame. Some people don't like that. Um, there's a very funny audio clip on TikTok that I really like. Uh, it's the, if it's not the consequences of my own decisions, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, he wasn't canceled like people wrote a ton of letters or anything, but like you want to hang out with someone who's extremely unpopular. People say, Hey, that's not cool to us. And he says, well, I'm going to do it. And then people go, okay, well, we don't like you now. And then eventually the company realizes that this is such proud problematic PR that they try and salvage that. Like this is just capitalism at work, which I think most people who are saying, Oh, I, this cancel stuff is lame. They're probably pro capitalism. Most of them. I wouldn't speculate too hard on everyone's interest, but like, this is just how things work. It's not, you know, like necessarily, like, I don't know what people think getting canceled is, but it's like, we're not policing you. This, you didn't break a law. You did something that people don't like. You're a public facing person and people are expressing that dislike now. And that is just how 
society works. It's not like a, a, there's no policing actually going on. There's no law breaking. There's no one coming in and like actually slapping him on the wrist. It's just, yeah, it's just PR. Well, regardless, uh, I am very curious to see what how this uh, continues on because I would be surprised if it ends here. Uh, and maybe a little disappointed because it feels a little odd. Um, and I'm really curious to see what the sponsorship stuff is going to be like uh, for G2 because it's hard to imagine them not you suffering hear... some consequences. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. It's, I'd be surprised I... if they don't lose some folks from this. I mean, they're going to be less popular for sure, but um, never – this is my cynical side. Never underestimate the Internet's ability to forget something that they act like is the end of the world. Um, Carlos has been in scandal after scandal after scandal, and he's still here. So I don't suspect him to be like suddenly out of the scene or anything like that. Uh, as a player, there were a number of scandals that, that followed him. Um, I just made a joke about the, the Saudi thing, but you know, he's still popular. Uh, there was, you know, perks, uh, is a, is a God. No one can declare where perks goes. He's my nephew's favorite uncle. You know, and then it turns out that he refused to move Perks to where he wanted to go after saying Perks can go wherever he wants. You know, like there's been a number of scandals and G2 is still popular. And, you know, so like I think most likely this isn't actually going to be the end of the world, despite how the Internet has talked about it. Yeah, I just think his reputation will probably not. Given the way he approached the <laughs> uh, reaction, I guess, I think his reputation will probably not recover. Um, it's because I don't think anybody really seems to feel like he's the, taking the whole thing seriously. Yeah, the, the people who are fanboys will continue to fanboy. They are the people who didn't like him, who already knew all this stuff. And then there's the people learning this information for the first time who are going to be soured on him. Um, yeah. And so it is, you know, it moves the needle, but it's never like fully from like here to like, boom, dead, out of the scene kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, so again, thank you to everybody. We're already at 435 out of our $1,000 goal. So hopefully we can uh, get some more awesome folks to uh, hit up the charity link on the stream. Anyway, what else, besides scandal and drama, what else has been happening? We have Hansama. Isn't officially... that all this show runs on is scandal and drama? <laughs> the... I don't think so. I, we don't I actually, do analysis here, I think do we? of the shows, like the dive might be the only one besides that is less about scandal and drama than this one. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about some of the stuff on there too yeah. i'd say it's pretty comparable the only difference is we don't have callers so like the caller will have always like the hotter taste well, you guys don't so. tend to always talk about riot scandals and drama um on the riot show so um maybe that is part of it okay uh little Nas x stuff got announced oh yeah um which is cool uh what else we wow it's been a quiet week Twitch chat, you guys got any anything? This is why we're doing open lives tonight. It's going to be a great episode. Stick around. But it's going to be... <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely an interesting time to be doing the show. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, people are still pushing for best of threes. All the stuff we kind of talked about. So maybe we can... I don't know if you've already been pulling folks, but maybe we can start... Uh, I'm starting to pull going. folks now. I want to okay. not be distracted while... Yeah. If, if you, for a long time, have been like, nobody, Mark never takes my take, this is a great episode to try to get on, uh, is I guess what I would say. So, looking forward to it. And it looks like we got a lot of people on the pleb calls and sub calls chat. There's, so. there's a lot of topics. I'm just, 
You you should read some right now and pull any if, if any interest you. Well, it's, it's open I, mic. when you and I are both reading, neither of us are talking, uh, which right, is really I'll, bad I'll for a podcast. I'll, I'll talk for a couple minutes here. Okay. And you you pull a couple from pleb topics or subtopics. Okay. Just so it's I, not because otherwise it's just me pulling, and then people go, Mark, why why did you pull that shit take? Yeah, and they're okay. not wrong. That's what you're trying I sh- to do. I you're trying have done to duck it. responsibility for the absolutely. I'm trying to offload my work onto you. No, I'm trying to get you represented. What does Travis Gafford care about? I feel like I don't know Travis. Are you, I guess you do because every time you are something episode, this is what happens. You you pull a, a take, and then you just sit back, lean back, and take a nap and go, oh. I think this is a Travis one. You'll really like this one. I pulled this, this one's one got you. a lot of likes. That's, that's all I do is what's got emojis. Actually, that's the secret to how I, I pick people. Uh, it's got a bunch of yeses. Okay, so you're filling time, right? What do you? How are you uh, gonna fill I'm, time? I'm, I'm filling time by not talking spoilers about why I don't like Rings of Power. No, don't do don't do that. We've already <laughs> the people that are here are not here to listen. It's fine if we're riffing for a couple of minutes, but. All right, fine. Um, so here's a topic that I'll be covering in Blame Game this week. And I'm sure we'll try and Travis has been talking about it, which we kind of talked about was the world's format discussion. I've done world's format discussions before. And normally what I do is I suggest um, what I would like to see. And I'll probably still do that again. But I think more what I want to do this time too is also try and talk about it from like the actual people planning it perspective because last year during the world's like ama thingy that they kind of did they did like a media uh thing they talked about like everyone was like are you going to change the, the format and they're like we'll see and they didn't do it for this year um but i do also know that they plan worlds much further in advance and so while i don't believe that precludes you from making any changes uh, at the very least you can maybe say that like it's more than a one-year time scale turnaround for massive format changes if you were going to do something like add double elam in theory, you could still make it work um, in the current, uh, like assuming that you were already picking places and venues and stuff uh, and looking at days and planning it in like a calendar and slotting it in, like those kinds of things that you need to be answering at the beginning of the year. Uh, you, as you're answering this question, you're like, oh shit, well, we're already planning for next year probably a little bit. So um, I'll try and talk about some of that stuff as well. But I also, like I said, don't think that means that you, you can't make any changes. Um, <laughs> they plan worlds so far in advance. They still haven't updated the little esports schedule. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to say it's completely uh, not saying that they couldn't have done it, but also just saying probably some of the, the things that they're trying to come up. We should with. we should put a character limit on pleb and subtopic stuff. I, it is insane to me that some people will like write to you and be like, "Hey, Mark." Uh, this is what's going on in my personal life right now, which has allowed me to be here to put this take on so that I could do this. And this is my take. It's, and then it's insanity. It's isn't actually, it? Like, no, no, no. We need to, we should definitely, after all these episodes, so, I need to be trying to find If people put call. on walls of text, I just, I just scroll past them. You could probably be a legitimate genius in every word in that wall of text, pure brilliance. And I won't fucking read it because it's just like, what do you want me to do here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm okay. I've I've oh, got. Look, here's something else. I'm listening okay, to Lord on. of the Rings audiobook. God, I don't like Tolkien. Okay, this. Okay, listen. listen. <laughs> Can you stop? We're tra- okay. We need to go back here. <laughs> here, I have pulled three. If you want to pull one of them, I'll, I'll or if you want to look All for right. one or two more to pull, I can read off people who donated to the charity. Um, yeah. Why don't you do that while I pull some more people, and then I'll okay. hop in. And you just tell me who's the first one you pulled. Okay. You first remember. off. 
Thank you to the following people who did sub. Uh, Iso Killer, Penguin Buddy, a Lil Bonaparte, uh, This Is Kakashi, Dean Stay Night, Numi Goes Rar, Get a Grip, Honda CRX, Crockpot, uh, Sarah DG, Shana Tonin, Big Angry Hobo, Xurathon, uh, Morigami, Mr. Chicken, uh, Labiri. And then here's all the people who, who donated to the charity that we got going on right now. Uh, starting with Nuclee, Simon Please, Xander Gage, Get a Grip, sent 150 bucks, which is crazy. Uh, Rudifer, Count, uh, let's see, How, How to Cow, Sevenon, Sinful Baggins, Sarah DG, uh, Kajit to the Winds, donated $50. Uh, LFT Alk, Big Angry Hobo, Dean Stay Night, Secret Door, Zamelkai, Rico Suave, and Sev the Sniper. Uh, we'll get some more people here. Actually, Mark still hasn't gone yet. So, Ian7JT2, Sky G. Oh, for sorry. Yeah, bucks. I was just grabbing people. Raptor who, who and a typical timber. Yes. What's up? Who was the first person you pulled? Mike Spam, Robiton, or Seven On? Uh, why does it matter? Because I, I try to go in order so oh. that people don't. Oh. I just pull, pull a Seven On, I think. I forget what they all said. So, off he goes. Pilgrim Panda, thank you for the uh, sub. Okay. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, yes, this podcast prefers Blandon Blanderson. How could I forget? Yeah, thanks, Lion Nation. I'm going to his uh, show in uh, Salt Lake, so I'm looking forward to to that soon. Uh, but I actually, guys, cra crazy. I leave for Worlds in um, in just about two weeks, so that's pretty wild to think about. Bowen, thank you for donating fifty dollars. That's awesome. Um, I think it's a really cool thing. All right. Mark is uh, not in the room, but he sent a guest here. Sevenon, where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from Princeton, New Jersey. Princeton, New Jersey. How are things in Princeton, New Jersey these days? Uh, they're doing all right. Unseasonably warm, but other than that, doing well. Very good. Well, I don't, I don't want to start. Did Mark ask for your take? Does he know what it is? I think he got the gist. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and, and okay, he's back. What's your take? So my take is that Riot Events team really dropped the ball on Worlds in NA. And this has been a continuation of something that's been going on for a few years since just before COVID and has been even more visible as we're seeing now. So on the venues we have in Mexico City, an area where we haven't really had proper league event, we have a hundred seat theater in Mexico City. In New York, we have, it's not Madison Square Garden, it's at a 5,000 seat theater that's essentially a convention fall theater in New York City, and that's it. And this is when they had options that they could have done with proper playing out, and that's all that they've managed to provide access to. Ticket info wasn't available until just weeks ago. Ticket sales didn't start until less than a month before the event itself, which when people want to travel, book, get time off, doesn't leave enough time for people to actually make plans around this, especially with how quickly the tickets then sold out. People couldn't have made plans beforehand. Now, this doesn't even make sense. Riot has made the decision over the past few years that they want to turn League Esports into a business instead of just a loss leader, which they were treating it like early on in Esports. And now, how are you making these decisions that are fundamentally reducing the profitability of your business? You could be selling out tens of thousands of tickets in these places. 
you have these fixed costs of production, networking. These things don't change based on the number of fans you have in the arenas. And yet, what? And yes, you can sell out this May tickets, considering that they sold out of the tickets that they did provide nearly instantly. So why are you settling for at best breaking even when you could actually be providing money? And that's putting aside the how much they're laying down NA fans. This has been six years now since there's been a world in NA. And this is what we're getting. I don't know. It, to end this, I'm not being salty about this. I got exactly the tickets I want. This is so convenient for me. And yet still, I'm pissed off about how much of a shit show this is turning into for all the fans in NA who wanted to just see this stuff happen. Um, you know, uh, uh, actually, I, in the in the chat, we have IFL Stream who says, boring topic. And I'm curious, because I've seen the sentiment a little bit before. Why do people think this is a boring topic? Um, because I actually think it's like, I, maybe some people think it's only relevant to them if they would go to one of these events, but... I don't know. I think uh, it's a it's a pretty big deal. Oh, that person's a troll. You're saying? Okay, uh, never. Well, mind. here here's what I'll say. It's bedge because I don't care. I want to talk about League of Legends, not event planning. Travis, if I want to talk about event planning, I'd watch an you event sound, planning. You sound like a Reddit mod right now, Mark. Show. This is League of Legends. It's the League of Legends World Championship. Yeah, it's not related to League of Legends. My interest. This is uh, event I planning see. 101. Don't you see? So, so it's not interesting. So uh, yeah, this per you're only Check giving me. ammo to this rando in the in the chat. Okay, so a couple of different things here. Uh, worth noting that the plans is happening in a studio. Like basically, they've always done well. Uh, I don't know. In in most recent years, uh, barring COVID, they have done them in like the LEC studio, or I think LCK studio had it at one point in time whenever it was in Korea. So normally, these things are in studios. Um, so it, in one sense, it shouldn't be that surprising that planes is happening in a studio. I think but they're on the other hand, they're going to a new content. Yeah, that so they that's, that's, what, I was, hang, hang, I, that's sorry, what I was going to say is that actually it's very weird because they, their mistake, what they should have done if, if they were not going to go big in Mexico or LATAM, they should have just done it in the LCS studio. Like it is, it is such a disingenuous thing to be like, Hey guys. We're bringing worlds to Mexico and it's going to be a hundred person arena, right? Like it's our studio. It, it's, it's tough because it's like at that point in time, what is, and, and they can theme it. Maybe the whole idea is that they're going to try to really theme it so that it feels like it's bringing in some of the Latam esports flavor or something like that. But like, it just feels like a bit of a bait in the switch. I feel like, um, like I, I, I feel like Latam fans would be less angry if you had just done it in the LCS studio, because they would have been like, oh, okay, well, we weren't expecting it at world stuff. Instead, you've given them a reason to be angry by doing it this way, um, which is very ironic. And yeah, it's about 100 or 130 seats. And from what I saw, I had people tweeting pictures I at me. I saw some pictures, yeah. It doesn't it look looked, like they're actually seats. They're more like benches and stuff. So it's a little, it, I don't know. It's like It looks like one of those kind of like museum theaters where you just kind of stand there or sit on like pads you know it's not really like a thing it seems like yeah so i think that's weird i don't really blame them as much for the new york thing for groups and court i guess maybe you could say like oh they should have found something different for quarters but i don't like groups has always been in a smaller arena regardless of the world 
I think part of the challenge is just they have to do 12 days of shows in a like, I don't know, 16 day period or something along those lines. Absolutely. Can I give my thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Sure. So that is a big problem because we're in peak North American or America in particular um, sports season with football, basketball, baseball, NHL all going on right now. However, you have just in New York, in Queens, Arthur Ashe Stadium. It hosted the Fortnite World Cup, so it has the networking infrastructure presumably to do this. It's a 24,000-seat arena. You cannot sell 24,000 seats for eight days. But you don't need to do that. They've previously done larger places where they've closed off the upper thing. For instance, when they did TD Bank North Garden for the NA Finals, they closed off the scene where they didn't have to do it so that they weren't trying to sell out a full arena. And then you can do a 10,000-seat arena that's not just a theater setting where we know that it's not booked because it doesn't have any bookings up till then, especially if you did it a year in advance, like the Riots events team should be doing for these kinds of playing, then you could have actually got something like this set up. Yeah, I don't know. I I can see reasons why not, right? Like maybe you have to spend enough money to get a 24,000-person arena, which is bigger even than the LCS arena that we were just in for finals in Chicago. And and so like if you only think you can sell out, I don't know, seven thousand, eight thousand tickets. If they're not currently selling events right now, which means that stadium isn't making them money, how much do you think that they're? Neither of us are events are events people, and so we don't really know what it costs to rent out an arena that's that's going to sit empty. Um, So I can understand, but but I will say it is. I I think it's fair for fans to be disappointed that they chose such a small arena like Hulu Theater. I, I can understand why they did, but I think it's fair for fans to be disappointed. And I wonder what their options were. Like maybe they should have gone outside of the New York market, even though it feels very prestigious to be doing it in New York. Maybe they should have done it in New Jersey, which is probably cheaper yep. or you have Red Bull, which might have been an option there, though you have other issues potentially. Yeah, there were other options available to them. Yeah. Um, so and then you talked about the ticketing issues. I think that's like actually batshit crazy um, that it took oh, so yeah. long for them to do that. Um, and so I agree with you there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say it is it is a very tough situation, right? Because I actually think Worlds and North America this year should feel really cool, right? Like you've got little Nas X on board. You, I'm sure that like their arena for finals is Chase, uh, Chase Center, I think is what it's called. Um, it's Chase something, Chase Arena, Chase Stadium. And it is uh, like basically brand new. It's where the NBA finals were. So like it's it's this weird kind of dichotomy of Worlds is going to be awesome, but also Worlds is uh, got all these issues that I think can make fans frustrated, even though I expect the experience of Worlds to still feel really great this year. Um, Let me just throw something out, though. Which yeah. has been more hype over the last few years? Group stage or quarterfinals, semifinals? Probably depends on the region that you're talking to. I'm sure. <laughs> okay, fair. I'm sure from a North American fans felt really great yeah. going into uh, what 2018. From a North American perspective, Wallace yeah. and NA. Yeah, I. I mean, I. It's funny because Mark and I were talking about this um, earlier today as we were planning on stuff. Like, I actually think the first part of groups is usually like the most hype part of Worlds, in some sense, because you oftentimes get kind of stomps in the late game stuff, or you get like LPL LPL matches. I mean, this all goes into the format stuff, right? But like. I agree. I agree that like, like I was surprised, for instance, David, David, uh, 
uh, in Shock the chat. It's not that hard, brother. We don't, we don't really know. Um, like, the reason I do this is because when I mispronounce it, he always makes a TikTok about it, and then he tags me, and so that's actually just a way for me to siphon TikTok. Anyway, um, he was commenting on the fact that quarterfinal sells out faster than group stage, which is very surprising to me because you would think group stage would be more... If I had to choose one day of quarterfinals or one day of group stage, I would choose group stage. I, I think... Um, so, like, I agree... I actually do think it's better, but I think that there is some sort of narrative weight behind these things that make them higher viewership as well. Like, uh, usually peak viewership is not in group stage. It's usually at world finals. It's usually, you know, other matches. It generally trends up over the tournament as like things get higher stakes. And so while I agree from an entertainment perspective, especially from a North American perspective, groups is the best. But um, I, I, I think, unfortunately, you know, I can see why you wouldn't make groups the biggest part of like a physical event. Uh, you would do that for the, you know, like you guys are saying, finals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, global, so global, global peak viewership. Like if so, you add up all the numbers. That's it, fair. It, but the in-person viewership where you get to see the NA teams and the NA fans going to see the NA teams. Yeah, well, well so I, I think even the fact that groups sold out fast, or excuse me, quarters sold out faster than groups, as Travis said, um, yep. speaks to the fact that people just care about knockouts and things like that, that it sounds cooler, even if, yeah, you're gonna have a better time. Like, things are gonna be crazier, for sure, in group stage. Uh, so there was actually a, a person in the chat that said, will there be watch parties, uh, this is Summix, Summix? said, uh, will it be watch parties around New, New York City Worlds if we don't get in? I hope so. I think I'm hopeful that there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. We're trying to figure some stuff out for for New York. So um, I would I would stay tuned for that. But anyway, I guess to sum it up, I've been talking for weeks about trying to make a video about this, and I just haven't had the time. Um, I but I, I do that. agree, Sevenon. And I think that the linchpin of my argument and the video I want to make is like, this is not a lot of the things you talked about kind of defy riots like central value which is uh play, players first or being very player focused and i know people probably meme on that because there are times where they're going to like raise the cost of skins and that's like but usually in situations where it's not about them trying to directly like increase their bottom line they do make the better decision for fans like communicating to them about stuff etc cetera, etc cetera. And around all this stuff, they've just completely failed at that. And they failed at it for years. And they, for years, they've said they're going to get better about this. And then they never do. So it's like, it's it's one of those things that makes sense to keep sort of beating the drum on. But it's also just shocking how far they miss their own values and the way that they approach a lot of the stuff around Worlds every year. And like, it would be way easier to excuse this stuff post -co like in, the, in their first year back after COVID if they hadn't fucked it up so many times before. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. Anyway. We're going to go on to the next call, but anything that you want to shout out before we take a break? No, thanks for putting on the show. And also, LCS greater than PCS, what's up with the seeding? Boom. Thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. All right. We're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. So they have some new monitors that are available on their site right now, which you can get by going to Alienware.com. And if you purchase through there, it's actually very helpful for me but they have a new 25 inch gaming monitor and they have uh actually i'm trying to find the link maybe i'm maybe i'm secretly mentioning something that i shouldn't be right now um i'm seeing if i can pull it up but regardless they've got uh two new monitors hitting right now 
that are super, super cool. One of them very much oriented towards uh, the sort of high-end gaming esports world in terms of high refresh rate stuff. A 25 and a 27-inch monitor. Um, and both of those are over on their website, so you can go take a look again at alienware.com slash Travis. Um, but new new stuff dropping from Alienware all the time. This is just an example of it. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Please go check out their new monitors. And, uh, you know, Worlds, we're trying to do some cool stuff at Worlds. Thank you to Alienware for helping uh, get us there. And uh, please please support the channel if you feel like buying an Alienware product by going to Alienware.com slash Travis and buying through that link. Um, they'll be able to track. if you, Adblocker sometimes breaks it, so maybe that'll screw it. But most of the time, they can track it through there. So thank you so much for Alienware for uh, sponsoring the show. Okay, we are off to grab the next caller. Mark's already there. Thank you to Etherealized for the sub and Norvec for the sub. If you're just showing up now, we are trying to raise money for Women in Games International. So you can uh, Twitch has a built-in charity functionality around all the stuff, so you can just click the buttons if you're on the page. Hello. Mike Spam is here. Mike Spam, where are you calling from? Seattle. Seattle. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, we don't know. You polled him, and he, he posted two things. Why did you post two things? This is what people do, Travis. I, I, I posted the first one, then I thought of a better one. Is it about Core JJ being yes. let go? It's okay. about Core JJ. Mike Spam, what's your Core JJ take? I think cutting Core JJ is the correct move from TL, and if they want to really have a forward-looking decision, that's where they should go. Okay, why? Simply put, because I think... Core JJ is a vehicle for TL winning games, indisputably really important. I think TL winning games is sort of borne out to not be what's going to be long-term successful for TL after this year, and they need to pivot towards talent development, right? I think they've said it. I think most people agree that's a pretty smart move to take, and if you're pivoting towards talent development, you don't need Core JJ on a talent development roster. So, a couple things I already see. You know, coaches and GMs in chat having aneurysms. Uh, I, I think we've tr done our best to try to convey this, but maybe I've dropped the ball a little bit. He is, Core JJ's contract is ending, so it's not necessarily a situation like TL might not have the, the. It's not TL's decision. I know Mark, you right. mentioned this. I mean, it's. It's not entirely TL's decision. Mark mentioned this in the blame game that he did this past week. You did it. You want to tell people what your blame game is if they missed it? If you missed it, it's basically me just saying, you know, core JJ versus Bjergsen after Travis's leaky deaky about them not getting along and how. Uh, Again, no, it's not that I, they didn't get along. Because this is the. Are, I know you're memeing me right now. Sorry, people sorry, actually believe this. Team Liquid dropped a video last week of the two of them together in the video, and people were adding me trying to be like, no, see, Travis, they don't hate each other. That's not it. They I, all I'm saying is they they understand the game differently. They view the game differently. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, so, yeah. Oftentimes, analysts behind the scenes when we talk about players not getting along, we mean in game, not out of game. Usually, if it's out of game, we'll specify like they personally don't like each other or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, they they see the game differently. And what the thing is just that Bjergsen is signed for another year. Core JJ is not. And so in order to convince Core to come back, presumably that means Bjergsen can't be there, which means you have to do all this stuff to get him out of the way. And at the same time, you also have Ayla and Academy, who everyone wants to see in LCS next year. 
Um, and so there's just logistically a lot of reasons that Core JJ himself might walk or Team Liquid might not offer him a contract. Um, technically not cutting, you know, but like, I think in the spirit of the call, TL organizationally decide to move in another direction, even if Core JJ wouldn't have come back. Yeah, yeah so I think when you yeah. have topics like this, having to hedge it with the player who might not decide to sign is no fun for anyone because you can't really get inside Core JJ's head and know how he feels about the thought of re-signing with TL as an org. So I think it's worth just like setting aside for the topic of discussion. Um, so I don't know how you feel, Travis, but I, um, I said that I still like Core JJ a lot. If I had like a blind pick with no other of these stipulations, I would probably pick Core over, over Beard. But, um, we, we had a conversation a while ago, this was before this became a thing because everybody's been kind of comparing Vulcan or Core and I, and there's some people that go on Twitter and they're like, oh my God. Uh, and by the way, I love Vulcan, but they're like, oh my God. Uh, you know, why does core get so much attention? Vulcan's the superior support, but I feel like if you asked most GMs and players, like if you were building a team from scratch, who's the first, like, who's, who would you go to first for support if you had no limits? And they, they would, I think usually, usually say core is my, my, they favorite. might even say him for just like straight up players. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of players like Bjerg wanted to play with core for a reason, even though it didn't work out. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the thing I'll say, though, to Mike Spam a little bit, is I don't think that developing roster and, and having talent that is not at its ceiling necessitates not having veterans. Um, I absolutely believe in a world where you pair Core JJ with someone like Tactical. Back in the day, though, obviously, that didn't last long term. But like a developing young player with Core JJ to ease their transition into professional play and help them level up. This is something I firmly believe is, is the correct way to introduce rookies into the LCS. And so I, I don't like five development players. And you can still be a top team, as EG showed, winning spring, making worlds, with still taking a couple risks. And I think it's those smart risks that you should try and take. Like, JoJo was the hottest young mid lane talent probably ever from North America. Um, and they took a little risk on him, worked out. Um, and I think that those are, are things you can do. So I, I don't think just because, like, you know, you have to dump Core JJ to go move talent development. But overall, I agree. Actually, like, yeah, I to me the question's always been, well, since your video, right? It's Bjergsen versus Core JJ, right? Which path is Teal gonna take? I think you get rid of Core JJ, you keep Bjergsen, not as an indictment against Core JJ. I would say, from my perspective, he is the best support in the league. I don't think you need the best support in the league for the direction TL should start to head. What about Bjergsen in mid lane? The thing about Bjergsen in mid lane, setting aside the brand factor, right, is I think Bjergsen is good enough to where you can start testing people in other positions around him, right? Because we've is seen... Is Core not good enough that you could test people in positions around him? I mean, you can. But what are the positions you'd want to test around for Core JJ? Like, this is a genuine question. Like, what mid laners are you thinking if you want to turn TL into a development roster where you're like, here are these mid lane talents that I think TL should pick up and start to develop? Gotcha. Um, um, yeah, so like, I think there is a concern that I and I think the community somewhat have around. Um, Bjergsen's 
play style. I really don't have a problem with it domestically, and I think people underrate domestic success quite a bit. I think you can, you know, talk about Bjerg never getting out of Worlds groups except for 2014. Um, well, yeah, he, that was the only time he ever he got, got out of groups. Right? No, no, no. They they actually got out of groups. Oh, right. I was thinking of C9. Uh, 20 yeah 2013 no they both got out of the groups then that was that was the best year north america ever technically had at group uh, worlds you could argue in terms of two teams getting out um but the thing is that was a long time ago <laughs> and that was during the peak of bjergsen's dominance and he's, he hasn't done it since then at msi or at worlds um so i do understand some of the community's concern about like turning turning towards the future with a player whose play style does not seem to work at worlds uh, but again, I think that's putting the cart before the horse a little bit. You know, like if you have Santorum Bjergsen sticking around, let's say that's a really strong mid jungle core to help out younger side laners if they go with Ayla and Yon. I don't think it would be uh, mid jungle core in this scenario, though, right? Because they wouldn't have core. Uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, Did I derail your thought process, Mark? No, I pretty much ended the thought process that okay. it's a, it's a very solid backbone for a like developing but still competent lineup. Yeah, I don't. Here's the thing: I disagree with your take, Mike uh, Spam, because you're basically like, this is like the best path forward for them. I think, it, like, because because this is what they want to do. I think it might be the best path forward for them because. Like if they're going to core right now and you know offering to re-sign him early, and he's like, no, I want to test free agency or something, which is, I I feel probably pretty likely. Like, it's probably not worth your time to be like, okay, well let's wait around and hope that core makes it. Like, given that he seems to be heading into free agency, and you're already thinking about rebuilding, and you're probably trying to cut budget and all this stuff, like, I that's why I think it kind of makes sense. I think it feels First of my really trap card, Travis. Yeah. What was the last great result TL had with Core JJ? The last great result, not 2019 success. MSI because they had the double lift. Double lift did that. Well, my point is just like, again, Core JJ, amazing player, but I think people have taken his amazingness in game and used that to overshadow the fact that. TL has not had amazing results domestically or internationally with him. They've had really good results, but not amazing results. Yeah, I know. But I, I kind of hate this. Like, people do this kind of weird, I don't know if it's revisionist history or something like that, where it's like, like you can have an amazing player stuck on a bottom tier team, and if that team's not performing well, like, that's maybe not the amazing player's fault, right? Like, Right, I agree. I'm not so, saying it's You've, you've had a lot of examples of players, like, who he lifted trophies on 100T after being on shit teams for a while. So I don't, I don't know. I like, I don't, I don't like it whenever people look at core and they're like, yeah, but TL hasn't won recently. And I'm like, yeah, but how much, how many times would people, how many times was the like, uh, you know, retrospective on TL at the end of a season where they didn't win? Like, and it's cause of that fucking core JJ guy just sitting down there inting. Like he's the problem. You know, I just, Here's I don't. I get an idea. Here's what I'll say as like the olive branch is like, I can agree with the take Mike spam that the best thing for them to do moving forward for the organization is to let core go. I, I can buy that. I just don't think we need to pretend like he hasn't been number one, number two, best support, maybe best player in the LCS for his time until this year. Yeah. And yeah, this year, I, everyone I on team liquid. Those are not 
incompatible takes. You can hold those two ideas, believe them completely. They don't contradict each other. Yeah. Yeah. And this year, obviously, he struggled more individually, but I think everyone on that team did. And that was one of the other things I said in the blame game is like, it's hard to evaluate how good these players are when they clearly dominate early game and in scrims and everyone knows that they're insano players, but then they struggle so much on stage in mid to late game situations. Um, so like in, in that sense, I'm not going to call anyone on this team like washed or anything. It's just like was clearly less than the sum of their parts. Uh, Mike's fan, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the opposing viewpoint from Achilles? Uh, I'm very interested to see how that conversation goes. That's all. How what goes? I said how that conversation goes. Oh, the next one. Okay. Yes. Well, well, tune in and find out right now. I all will. Right. <laughs> thanks. Thank Mike's fan. Catch you later. Okay, yeah, so Achilles, who was having an aneurysm in the chat, um, is is in the waiting room right now, which is maybe a bad thing for me to do, but... Okay, uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, Fartmaster Blaster, Yashin, Kylo Zen, Zeps donated to the charity, uh, to our, ch our charity initiative, as so did Glarung. Thank you, both of you. Kanoke, Mori Wakes, thank you for the subs. Um, again... Thank you to everybody who's donating to the charity and the fundraiser. It's really cool to see. We're already at 520 bucks, which was my initial goal was 500, but let's, let's see if we can get to a thousand. Um, I've upped the goal. Pray I don't alter or up it again, or maybe you do if you want money. I don't know. I'm stalling for Mark. He's taking a larger amount of time. Uh, than oh. His phone is not working. Apparently he was spending too long, uh, being a keyboard warrior, not enough time. Keck oh, setting okay. up. His well, computer. maybe he'll get his mic working later on. Um, you want to grab the next person then? Somebody else? Off he goes. Okay. The irony. I'm sure. I'm sorry, Achilles. I'm not trying to be a dick. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm. I'm sure it's very frustrating. You. You put a lot of effort into your thing. You wanted to get on the show, and now your mic's not working. Um, might I recommend an Alienware headset at Alienware.com/travis? Might be a a good idea. So, yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, please open TikTok and go follow me at Travis Gafford. I'm trying to actually get TikTok followers and it's been difficult, but a lot of my videos are popping off lately. Okay, Robtron is here. Robtron, where are you calling from? Calling from Calgary, Alberta. Calgary, Alberta. What do you want to talk about on the show? We don't so, know again. He posted yeah. two takes, Travis. Which one do you want? Oh my God. So I'm pretty sure it's the take where if people were... Um, LCS players or LCS viewers, pardon me, don't ultimately care about a player's performance, but rather they care about the narrative behind the player. Wait, I thought it, yours was about uh, import stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so go ahead and I, yes, it was that, but go ahead and elaborate. Rob Tron. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, just getting my notes on because you're good. You're as good. you can tell, I'm nervous. <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. We're all um, here for you. Travis is trolling. You're doing great. <laughs> So yeah, LCS viewers don't ultimately care whether a player is an import or not. They just care for players that they feel invested in. So for example, our champions, C9, have a singular domestic talent. But everyone else on that team, say a Berserker, who hasn't had a chance yet, but it's already turning out for them, have either been around for some time or have actually made considerable effort to leave a mark. On the other hand, looking at TL, with hands leaving, nobody cares, right? Um, and you could chalk that up to performance, but I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that people didn't feel invested in his performance whatsoever. Yes. 
so sorry, your C9 point, if you could just elaborate a little bit more on that, you're saying people care about them because they've had success or because they've been here for a while or a third thing that I missed. I mean, obviously success is a big part of it and you can't take that away as a factor and why, you know, people might be fond of players on a team. Yes. But the fact that our domestic champions have one single domestic talent and that never really seems to be part of the conversation outside of like EUS players saying Keck W. Um, <clears throat> you know, it kind of shows that really the people care more about the fact that they know who, you know, Fudge is. They know who Jensen is. They know who Sven is. And not so much the fact that they came from somewhere. So I... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, Mark, I started last time. And I, I've got a pretty... I pulled this so I could alley-oop on it, so you should you should go first. Are you alley-ooping to say you disagree? I I am alley-ooping. Just go ahead. Okay, you're serving yourself up off the backboard yeah, is what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, I yes. got you, I got you. Um, so I 100% agree with this take as well, and I might steal some of your thunder here. I think this is actually a great topic that I hadn't thought about as a team that's kind of like the anti-import team, because people always talk about like 100 Thieves, you know, or Team Liquid, um, but they don't always have the greatest narrative draw to them. I think that's ultimately what you're talking about here is there's not like a single unifying thing. Like Jensen's been here forever. Fudge has had a, like, it's, it's only two years, but like um, he's kind of had his come up here. His glow up has been in North America. Uh, Blabber's obviously super NA. Zven's been here forever. And, and Berserker is kind of having his come up as well. And people are gravitating towards his personality, which is really good. And his play is really good. Um, there's like this triangle of like, you know, like those, uh, what they call radar charts about like how well you're fulfilling the three things. There's like skill, um, maybe like personality, and then like narrative as its own thing. Because the problem that I think Hans had is he's actually kind of a nice guy. He can be pretty funny. I think his, his personality is fine. His skill is not that bad, but it was just really hard to tell a story about Hans that felt compelling. Um, like what's what was Hans's story this year? He joins NA Super Team to dunk on region, doesn't do it, doesn't look great. You know, like it's just really hard to um, find a way to talk about him easily on broadcast. Whereas Berserker, it's like hottest young prospect from the 80 carry position, sniped out to join C9. How's he doing? You can check in on him. You know, he can start low, get high, have ups and downs. He's a rookie player. You know, like these kinds of things. Um, and it was just very easy to tell stories around Berserker for that reason. Um, and, you know, it's no fault of Hans necessarily that his career is more established. But, you know, like, it's just not a sexy story of what once was a great EU player coming over, you know? And I don't even think Hans necessarily, to, to, to get to the personality part of it, like, I don't think Hans outperformed, outperformed to use the sense, like, Berserker. Berserker was really charismatic and a fun guy to, guy to root for. So, like... And he was better than Hans. So, like, you know, in, in that, that pie chart thing, that, that radar graph, it's like, yeah, that's what fans ultimately care about is how well they can connect with Counterpoint. you. And, and C9 has been great. Counterpoint. Mark, shouldn't the radar chart be pretty full for perks? And how many people seem to care when perks left? I think people actually did get pretty mad that perks left. Oh, that was not my impression at all. I feel like people were just sort of like, they collectively shrugged whenever he left. Um... It's, and it's of hard course for me now to the three people in chat that did are going to say that they did, but I don't, it did not seem like people were angry that he left or upset or anything like that. It seemed like people were mostly like, whatever. It seems pretty devi divisive in chat right now. Some people cared a lot. Some people didn't care. Um, I, I think, 
his performance was not like he came over. He's talking about how he's going to dominate and elevate North America. And like, I don't know, it seemed always a little facetious. I think people could kind of pick up on that. I don't know. Um, but I, I think the, the narrative storyline, again, to that point, Travis, is harder to tell about perks as like arguably the greatest EU player ever. Him and Caps go kind of one, two comes to North America is good. Not clearly the best player ever in North America. You know, like he wasn't just shitting on the region. And so it's like, well, uh, you know, he went to Worlds. He had the best performance out of teams at Worlds. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Is like, it feels like he, like he's got a strong personality. Like the broadcast certainly felt like he was a good enough person to build narrative around that they did a lot with him. I mean, he was featured pretty prominently in that um, the summer finals video. Uh, by the way, we have a poll going in the chat right now to see. It should be on the Twitch chat if you guys want to uh, see if you want to vote in about it. But anyway, uh, yes. Yeah. And then his results were good. So, like, that's why I think he's kind of the counterpoint a bit. Um, so, I don't know. It seems like most people say no, but uh, more people than I expected are saying yes. It's it's like 40 to 60%, which I guess yeah. you would expect with how many people are even C9 fans to begin yeah. with that year. Still commenting right now. So Yeah. I, I think... Um, so, I, I, here's, here's kind of my take. I am... I would like to see the LCS do less importing. I will say that now, officially, uh, as I've thought more and more about it. Um, and I think there's a difference between being anti-importing and anti-imports. Because whenever you say, like, oh, you know, I wish the league had less imports or something like that, um, people tend to take it very personally, right? They're like, how dare you say that about Jensen? I love that man, and he's more North American than anybody else. Um, and it's really easy to, to do that. Um, but what about Summit um, as, as a good example? MVP of spring. Um, so I think here's here's the main thesis. And I need to make a, another video about this. So many videos on a list that I need to get to sometime. Um, but here's the main reason to feel like, to, the main argument against LCS teams importing players. The main argument is how many of these players boomerang out of the league? And... We have seen it time and time again. Han Sam is a great example of it. I don't know if Whippo is going to be here next year. We're going to find out. But he's also a really big name that just got signed and might be here for one year. Uh, Summit in the spring. Perks and Alfari and Sword Art. How many times do we have players come over and take spots on huge teams at the top of the league and then leave immediately? And then in some cases get replaced again with another player who who immediately leaves. And this happens on the top and the bottom, right? Like I assume that for instance blue might not be this is not because I've heard anything, but like you know, I would I would not be surprised to see that player not on a team. Now, this is in contrast to North American players who actually stay in the league and um for for a long periods of time. And maybe they drop down to academy for a little bit, but then they come back. And so what what you end up happening what you end up happening or occurring is this league where we need to get where you look you go and you see all these comments all the time about people saying like i don't care about the players in the league i don't know these players in the league you can look at it on the video that i did about uh the pop quiz around like old items because a bunch of former league players or form, former lcs watchers came in there and they're like man i just know nobody here or like i don't know and it, part of it is because we have players come over and then leave. And they're usually like the biggest names are going to the biggest teams. So I think about this a little bit, like what if instead of 
let's let's say Bwipo does not stay in North America. What if instead of um, Bwipo and Alfari, TL had made a bet on, say, Revenge, as an example, or insert any other North American top laner here, right? But they make a bet on Revenge. And instead of Revenge being stuck on uh, Immortals, where like there's no hope of success because they're just not investing in the infrastructure that they need to, he ends up getting kind of like a tactical style moment, maybe a bad example since everybody's anti-tactical right now, but like it's a, a up-and-coming player put on a a good team where like they can learn a lot and start to level up. Maybe there's a world where, ta- where Revenge would have actually seen two years worth of play, actually start to become a, a pretty well-known player, and even if he doesn't stay on TL because maybe they're like, ah, oh, we didn't get the results that we want, he might end up on like a middle-tier team, and people might know revenge more i mean he's already built a decent brand for himself being on one of the bottom teams and so this is kind of like the thesis of my argument which is like it is not that you know oh these players from uh, like some people will try to accuse you of um xenophobia or something like that it's not a situation where it's like oh we don't want these other people coming to north america and like taking jobs or something like that it's more like the ecosystem has demonstrated that a huge amount of these players will churn out of the league, including really big names on really big teams. And like all the effort that goes in throughout the year into brand building and making people care about these players and all that stuff immediately goes out the fucking window. And instead you have team players that are on the bottom side of the league that could potentially find a lot of success and be a mainstay in the league that never really get the chance that they could because there's so many teams that are like, salivating for the next big name who will come over here and potentially flop. I think that's fair. And I'll, I'll say that I'm someone who's a really big fan of NA talent and I follow, you know, all the under leagues as best that I can, but I'll say that ultimately the buck falls at the feet of the organizations to control the narrative of that surrounds these players. So you had mentioned perks as an example, and I'll actually mention another example, um, in the form of speaker and when going along with your summit example, all three of those players had a background noise around them that they wanted to leave, right? Like double lift at the beginning of the season saying on stream, one more year, Ming. And Perks obviously not really appearing that stoked to be playing for Cloud9 despite the massive paycheck. And Summit having so much negative conversation around him as a player, despite being the MVP. What was Cloud9 doing in the case of both Perks and Summit controlling, <clears throat> pardon me, controlling that narrative so that they could be more secure in enabling themselves to build a healthier narrative around their players, import or otherwise? So to take, to take an example of, for a revenge, I really honestly think that Immortals is trying to, a, not enough of an extent, but trying to shape a positive narrative around revenge. An example of an organization that is doing this even better is FlyQuest. Firmly middle of the pack all year, and Jose Diodo and Takuli are, have become fan favorites because FlyQuest has invested in content and in telling their stories really, really well. So while I really wish that we had um, more NA talents, the orgs need to be responsible for controlling that narrative because that narrative will trump, as my original thesis was, that narrative will trump their performance. Uh, yeah, I mean, in some cases, like I, I think what often happens is you end up with like people. FlyQuest is an exception to the rule when it comes to people watching their content, and I think that the major. I would guess that the demo for a lot of that content is outside of North America. 
Um, and so I'm I'm a little skeptical on the like. Where else are new viewers going to come from? Uh, well, within North America, there's a lot of people in North America that don't How's that watch going? LCS. Um, well, and, I mean, that's the bigger question about how the product's doing. Which actually, I have a take about that later. No spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just don't. Yeah, I don't think that the solution to the LCS viewership problem is to try to pull people. So, um, anyway, we we have to. We're running out of time, unfortunately, but. Thank you so much, Rob Tron, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Hey, I really appreciate it. Shout out to my bros, Jake and Everett, and of course my wife. And lastly, follow Esports Can't Cook on Twitter. Thanks, Alienware and Grubhub. Oh, is that you? Yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that Twitter account. It's a good good one. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Mark, you want to grab the next caller? Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Maury Wakes, Aerohydrus, uh, Iron Hydras for 28 months. That's pretty good. Uh, and then Papyr. Thank you, everybody, for the subs. Just want to give a shout-out again. You can do exclamation mark charity in the chat if you want to learn a little bit more about it. But on Twitch, if you're watching on Twitch, there's a bunch of buttons all over the place um, to donate to our fundraiser that we're doing for Women in Games International. So Achilles Zeus has fixed their microphone and has screamed in the twitch chat often enough to anger people but has made it on the show achilles My where are you apologies. calling from where i, I didn't know i got pulled in yet where were you where are you calling from i'm calling from east rutherford new jersey east rutherford new jersey all right what do you want to talk about on the show okay so i had two takes but the first take i did the most work on which is um going off what you said last week for tl you said that uh mid and support didn't see the game the same way and i I think the best way to handle that is to pull in um, a coach who has like a certain way of seeing things so that the two players can't argue with each other and it kind of has to like follow the coach because they had their chance to like shine and do what they felt was best for the team and it didn't work out. But I think if you bring in a coach with a good following, it also boosts sponsorship. And so the coach I'm thinking of is like LS he has a huge sponsorship and that should like he has a huge sponsorship already and he has a huge uh like background with, like a lot of following so that should actually help uh bring up the viewership and have more funds going towards dl because they like to spend a lot also i think you should bring in i know everyone's gonna flame me for it double lift the, my reason behind it is because now you have a quad synergy because like 100 thieves no one thought 100 thieves was going to be well and because of their synergy, they ended up being really, really well. So I think if you bring in double up, the synergy between the four players is really well. And then you keep Whipple for his next year. Yes, he had a bad year, and so did Cordage, but it is what it is. You, everyone has a slump, and um, I think you bring them. In, uh, you keep Whipple for his flex picks and his brand value too, because he has a good following as well. Mark, who who do you think murders the other one first, LS or or Peter? Oh, I don't know. I think. Peter might. No, I was asked, sorry, okay Achilles. I was it. asking Mark this question. Oh, my apologies. Oh. I don't think he was paying attention. No, I wasn't. What was what was the question? I heard Peter and, and LS on. Oh my God! What were you Corey doing instead? I was listening intently, but then I didn't hear your question. Oh, I was saying, saying who murders each other first, first LS yeah. or Peter, if they're on the same team? Like that is perhaps. It's hard to think of more uh, explosive scenarios you could put into a. Into I, a I will here. say. I don't know how much double lift is still working out. LS was looking kind of strapped in a, kind of yoked in in one of the the 
LS. Oh, you're saying so? You think LS might be able to take Peter in a fight? No, I'm not sure, but I think it would be a really good piece of content with how popular influencer boxing matches are now to like when it gets to breaking point, instead of filming a documentary, you just have a show match. Mm. Um, no idea who would win that fight. We'll have to ask double lift at some point. Okay. So he thinks he could take him. Achilles Zeus's take is kind of, but did you say a jungle position in this lineup? I think you said everything else, right? Achilles. Um, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't um, Santorin and DL have synergy together? Then they play like on a team together. Oh, okay, good, okay, gotcha. I know. So you want you want yeah. Santorin still there? Okay, so yeah, isn't his Achilles Achilles is uh, promoting a Bwipo, Santorin Bjergsen double lift core JJ team uh, sponsored or coached by LS, which might be just one of the only ways that you could make an even more expensive roster than what we saw this past year from TL. Uh, Mark, thoughts on that roster? Sounds great. Uh, never going to happen. Um, this would be the exact opposite of what Steve said in his message about sure, sure. TL but going to the future. We're not talking about if it will or not, but do you legitimately think that that would be a good idea? Legitimately? Um... If you want to sell boxing matches, yes. If you want to win League of Legends games, maybe not. But you can debate which one's actually better long-term. Um, you know, getting all the eyeballs on on your content to sell the sponsors, you know, maybe, maybe worth it. I don't think... Achilles, here's the thing. You seem yep. to think that there exists out there a magical coach who has a strong enough opinion who will just bully all these players into submission... I don't know no, if you paid mind. attention to what happened with Peter the last time he was on TL for his last split, um, but it didn't seem as though he was interested in hearing too much from coaches who he very much disagreed with. So I don't really think that that's going to work out very well in this scenario. Gotcha. My thing for Mark was um, I I don't think right. So thinking as like from an investor standpoint, if I like invested all my money in TL. Looking at Steve, right? I don't think Steve should backtrack from his like true point of what he wanted this team to go on to, because it. Does, I don't think it like looks good for sponsorships. Like, hey, I can tell you what's worse. All this money in. If you're an investor, I can tell you what's yeah. worse uh, than <laughs> than backtracking to a cheaper roster. It's spending a ton of money on rosters that don't perform, which is what he's been doing for a while. And so, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sitting in the TL meetings or anything like that, but like. I would imagine T uh, Steve had to stick his neck out a lot in order to do the Bjergsen signing and had to be like, no, guys, Worlds is in NA. We need to spend, go all out, blah, blah, blah. I do not think that it was a fun time for him, or I would not imagine it would be a fun time for him having to talk to the people who he stuck his neck out for um, or to uh, to get these players. So, like, I I don't – I I think it's very tough for him to go ask for more money after this, even more money. I, yeah, so I think I mean, the opposite of what you're I, saying. I appreciate the vision that Steve had about, like, I want to win Worlds and all that. But this is kind of reminiscent to when Reggie made the change for uh, Zven and uh, Mithy over Peter and Bio. You know, like, eyes get a little too big, you know, end up falling down. And I think, uh, especially, you know, I think you have to play it in the marketplace a little bit. We were just talking about the importance of PR kind of and uh, knowing what people are into in the moment. And right now, people 
are making a bigger push for younger NA talent and like not going for super teams, you can see the backlash that this team has had this year, which added a lot of pressure to it, which I'm sure played a part in, in the downfall of the team was the just community perception of the team itself. And so I, I can see Steve being like, this isn't what the marketplace wants right now. This is not the kind of teams that people want to be supporting right now. And why would I build a more expensive thing that's not popular, that has a high risk of not working out if it doesn't go perfectly, you know? So I, I don't, I think Steve adapting and saying like, no longer trying to sell people that he's trying to win worlds is fine in the short term, you know? Like I, I, I know Steve ambition wise is not giving up on that dream completely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Achilles, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, go on to a quick break? Oh, thank you for having me. A shout out to all of Travis's sponsors for having the best reporter on their team. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. All right. You know what? For a guy who was spamming Twitch chat, he was uh, not very obnoxious. Very polite. Made his yeah, I was. Well. I was a little curious to see how that would go, but uh, you never know. Sometimes I think he was just like, he was just passionate, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, like sometimes when you get the stands for like big influencers and creators, you, you know, they can be a little yes zealous in their support of that person. I think he was right. chill. Yes, big fan. Um, okay, where are we next? Um, oh yes, it's time for you, a yeah, nice you, little ad break. <laughs> That's what I was, you know, I'm looking at the, because Mark, you guys don't know, but Mark and I spend a lot of time before every show coming up with like the schedule the and run of show and everything. And so I was just opening up the document um, to make sure. Shut that up and do ready. the read. Grubhub is amazing. Uh, no, Grub, <laughs> Grubhub is great. Uh, they actually, they brought back a code for this week for all you guys. And that code is, TG Worlds, all one word, Travis Gafford, TG, TG, as in Travis Gafford, Worlds. And this code will allow you to save $5 off your order of $15 plus for their first 500 orders from September 19th to the 25th. So from now, as we record this, to the 25th, which is Sunday, you got a whole week to use this. Whenever I, do me a favor, folks. Whenever, if you're listening, if you are uh, watching, whatever, please write down TG Worlds and make sure you use the Grubhub code because uh, it'd be really cool. We got a whole week to use this thing. Riot's not promoting any codes. So let's just slam dunk this thing. Um, and you guys can save again, $5 off your order of $15 plus. So thank you so much to Grubhub. And a completely uh, unrelated note, I completely promise this is entirely, absolutely unrelated. If anybody has any suggestions for venues or places that would like to work with Mark and I, on something around worlds in New York or Atlanta, please let us know. Completely unrelated. Okay, so next up, we got a caller. Fez is here. Yes, Fez is here. Fez, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Gulf Shores, Alabama. Alabama, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, want to talk about today about basically how the LCS is recruiting, mainly the example I'm using is Hans Hommel with a, along a couple, you know, EU talents along the years. Basically, the LCS teams shouldn't buy from the LEC teams because, like in certain, in most situations, the contracts, you know, how they're playing it out on the LCS, LEC, excuse me, is so that only the LCS can get it and not LEC teams. And a lot of these players don't want to go to the LCS as their first choice. This practice has to stop in the LCS because 
Ansama's like a clear example with how he wasn't very comfortable with NA. You could tell how he played and how he adapted to NA that it was not his first choice. And now that he's so quick to go back to EU, which is what you complain about so much, Travis, it's because the LCS is recruiting these talents like Perks, like Hansama, that don't want to be here unless it's their last choice. Okay, so you're so are you advocating for LCS to just completely stop importing any players from Europe whatsoever? Well, not not completely. Like it's a lot of these players that are held in like contract hell from these these LEC teams that have like really been lucrative and smart in how they're trying to get their talent across over to us and not to their competitor in the LEC. Uh, I don't know. To be clear, I don't know if this is a very widespread practice. Like we haven't heard too much of players being forced against their will to come to North America. Well, um, I don't think it's a hundred percent force, but I think it is. We're not their first choice. That's my biggest thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Even then at Mark, I think you're muted. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Perks was obviously that way. Um, I heard this about Hans and even inspired a little bit about how like rogue, like, you know, kind of sold them off. Uh, is there like been a report about that? That like is officially, I've like, never heard anything kinda... of that. So maybe we're yeah. starting a bad rumor right now yeah I mean, we, I mean, Mark, I, I, i've seen it in other places to be fair i just haven't like it's always like reddit comments saying it and stuff and i'm like i don't remember an article or, or something you know yeah well if it was if it was reported then i apologize i've, I've missed it off season's been yeah. a long time ago so um yeah zoomy says mark going on the front page of reddit right now yes exactly it'll be whatever the, the, the point is that like i agree with like the wanting people who come here for the right reasons I mean, though he wasn't forced here, I think of Soaz and like someone who I don't think liked North America. He shit on it on Twitter well m many times before he came here. I think he's a great player. Uh, it was clear that he, you know, kind of came here because he it was, seemed like his best bet at that point, um, but was not excited about it. And then he didn't, you know, play great. I think he was on a bad team. I don't, <laughs> not not his fault or anything, but like you know, there's a lot of people like that. Um. So yeah, I I agree with Fez's overall point. Even if it's not like every single one is contract hell, it's like that player is not going to be invested in your scene. They're not going to be invested in, uh, you know, putting their best foot forward. They're going to be here until they can't take it anymore. Then they're out. You know. But you just mentioned that Inspired might have been that way, and Inspired seemed to uh, be fairly invested. Yeah, well, EG has also talked about, like, setting him a video. So I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying, like, both him and, and uh, Hans leaving Rogue, I heard that about hmm. that, they that like, Rogue didn't want to give them to their competition. Kind of yeah, thing. I guess I just, I, I disagree, Fez, with a little bit of the take because I don't feel like it is as widespread as you're suggesting in terms of, like, us not being their first options. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it might be a situation where we're not their first option because the other option is like Fnatic or G2 and they already have a, a player there, right? Um, and so we're a better option for them than like literally the bottom rung of LEC. But that type of stuff happens in uh, LCS all the time, right? You have a player that might end up on like a middle of the pack team because they they, they wouldn't have been their first option, but uh, Cloud9 was busy or something. Um, so well, we've also heard, haven't we heard plenty of times of like players in the LEC being blocked to going to this LEC team or LEC team? Or no, no, this is what I'm saying. I've only heard of the, like, again, if this is happening a lot, 
Um, I have missed where it's been reported, and I would, you know, I own that. But I don't feel like I have heard of this very much. We heard it most prominently with the Car Carlos and Ocelot, or sorry, the Carlos and Perk stuff, but I don't think it's like a widespread thing. I mean, I feel like it's natural for Fez. Where else have you heard this, or where are you getting the I mean, idea that it's widespread? I think, like, like you, I heard a lot of like rumblings last season. I think last off season with Hansama and Inspire, just like people. I mean, I really would like to get like the actual like something you know documented, obviously. But I mean, it's just also a big feeling that I get when I watch a lot of these players that come over from anywhere. And, and my biggest point is that I think if you're making these big kind of like splashes or whatever like steve did or even the risk that c9 took with berserker like the reason berserker i think worked out really well was because there was really good scouting done by ls and he was literally in that scene as in a, you know basically the other example with han sama is like people just knew that he played well but that was it they didn't they didn't know the situation i don't know how much tl went into it but like I said, you just it just doesn't seem like these players really wanted to be here. They were just here to literally collect a paycheck like people like meme about all the time. I mean, I will I like will say that it this kind of goes back to stuff Mark talked about a couple of years ago around wanting uh, team owners to go scout like the next like Berserker is kind of an example of that. Like go to a region, find a player who's like going to be amazing and then grab them before their home region can versus a player who's like lifted several trophies in their home region and comes over here. Um, and then th theoretically, ho like hopefully Berserker stays in the LCS for the next seven years. Um, but I, and, and I, I feel like there's a better chance of that than like what chances were for Hansama doing that. So I think I can agree with you there. Yeah. I also feel like, I mean, it, it feels a little disrespectful to like Hans and inspired to just say they're here for a paycheck. Or whatnot. I think also some people don't know how much they're going to like or dislike North America. I know like Amazing, I think was someone, maybe a Santorum. One of those two early TSM junglers like struggled a lot when they came here, their first split, um, just like mentally and stuff. So well, they were on TSM. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the, the point being that like, I don't think that everyone's just like paycheck stealers if they struggle uh, and we're established or anything like that. Like I, I think Hans tried really hard. <laughs> I don't think he was just like milking it or anything. Uh, but I think the broader point being that like getting people who are excited about a long-term career in your ecosystem is better than um, people who are on the tail end of their career for a lot of reasons, because they also will just not be there for very long. You know, like it's just even just mathematically, like someone who is going to play for five years versus give it their all for two or three in your ecosystem before disappearing is like obviously a better investment for the five-year player, even if it's not all for the same team, uh, but thank for like fans and stuff to start caring about that person. Thank you so much, Fez, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, I guess shout out Grubhub. I got nothing to shout out. So hopefully awesome. Well. I appreciate, I, I'm sure Grubhub appreciates it. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Off to the next caller. Thank you to CJ Foxy for the eight months, Sir Pico. And then thank you to Numi for donating the $5 to Women in Games International. Here's what I will say. We have a goal of $1,000 and we're at 525 right now. I will uh, finish the goal myself if we can't finish it by the end of the show. So if you would like to help me finish it 
That would be very nice because otherwise it's going to be pretty pricey. Okay, Rudifer is here. Rudifer, where are you calling from? Uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. Bergen County, New Jersey. What do you want to talk about on the show? So a lot of people have been saying with the topic of uh, world format changes that they want double bracket, but they don't realize what a double bracket would actually look like because people are forgetting how seeding for a double bracket works like, especially with a 24-team format. And so with, especially because if you're having double ELIM, right, you're probably going to at least do best of threes. And so the time investing would need to be at least similar to play-ins. So you're trying to change a whole format just to make it something similar to play-ins. And it's going to be... And what really is the role that you, you have uh, with the global real, team? Real, real, real quick, um, Rudifer, I also realized that Mark, your beta unit was here. actually the VCT take. I forgot what it was oh. at first, and then I just reread it. But hopefully you can dovetail the two together about what makes VCT special too. So sorry oh, about no, that. Oh, yeah, no, def- yeah. Yeah, all good. I could definitely do that. Um, but did you want to... I don't know what Travis said, no, to be honest. Say the VCT thing. I was trying to say a joke, and Mark didn't care. Well, yeah, because I was, I was fucking up. I had to course correct. <laughs> Not so easy. Yeah, Rudifer. it's all good. Um, yeah, so I guess to, to dovetail into that, um, my take on the VCT format was uh, people who also say that they want the, the semi-double ELIM or just like the double ELIM similar to VCT, also don't realize that the reason why it works for Valorant is because with how Valorant is as a game, the game is just more entertaining overall. And so it's just a overall better broadcasting experience for Valorant. And I think if you just try to copy paste it, you're totally ignoring the problem that I think that Wait, uh, so you're, Riot sorry, Broadcasting you're has. That- because it's just that the game is more entertaining and that's why the format works? Um, yeah, because, uh, well, not even that, but so there's, there's bold, also the bold fact way of that, addressing this. Sorry, continue. Um, that uh, with, uh, have, uh, with double uh, ELIM seating, right, you have to start the first round with really high teams versus really low teams or people are going to scream competitive integrity, right? But with anyone who's watched VCT and all the international events this last year, know that the parity globally is really, really strong. So even though you have like 12 plus teams going into VCT, all those 12 plus teams are really strong. None of the games are stomps. And even if you would think that uh, one, the first seed is really stronger than the, the 12th seed, the games don't play out like that because of how the game is as a system and, and the way the game is played. And so all moments of the games are entertaining where we know that people and viewers will just tune out for like the first 15 minutes of a seed one versus seed 16 game in play-ins or, or whatever and like group stage and just not watch until the rest or not even watch at all and then just see the results. So there's kind of a lot going on with this take. So it's a bit of a hard, it's a, it's, there's a lot to gnaw on here. Um, one, I don't think that you should necessarily change a like I don't think that the fact that there's more parity in VCT should mean that we do less like theoretically you would get more games I think that would feel close in a world where you had a double limb because if there's a really bad mismatch between two teams when one goes down to the lower bracket they're probably going to play a closer game or match whereas 
under normal circumstances, you just see them get shit on and kicked out of the tournament. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was gonna say too. Is like no matter what, when you any any bracket is seeded where the highest seed plays the lowest seed. That's just how seeding works. The thing a double elim does is it doesn't instantly kill that lower seed, assuming they lose, and then you get like six versus eight or four versus five. You know when normally they would play one and two or something. Um, Right, and then that I, allows those teams to, to play, and like those regions, especially to your point about the regional parity not existing as well in North in League of Legends. That's actually, I think, a strong reason for more games and more best of fives is that we don't just we just don't see these rivalries. Like it's been, I forget what it was, but it was like years before there's there's been a best of five between like EU and NA at these like events. You know, it's like. It's insane how how little we play each other. Um, I think that's something that fans of both regions are hungry for. And they wants a chance to prove themselves. EU wants a chance to cement their superiority over us. And then like we just have to like instead argue like weird win rate statistics from group stage. <laughs> you know, like that's how we debate who was who was the better region that year. We also just I, get. I, I don't. Uh, I I definitely see what you guys mean. Um, but I think for the. For the uh, the reason why I had the format take was because I was seeing a lot of people um, complaining about play-ins and how boring play-ins are, and so their immediate thing is like, "Oh, we don't want best of ones in play-ins. Just make it uh, a double elim bracket." But oh, they don't I haven't seen any I, talk about double elim for for play-ins. I I've mostly seen it talked about. Yeah, I think most people want it for event. knockout stage of of uh, after groups. Yeah. So, I don't know. Planes is its own weird thing. I quite frankly still don't know how to deal with planes. Like whenever I think of any world's format, I basically only start thinking about it from post planes on. Um, which is which maybe... is funny because twelve of the twenty four teams play in planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Which and is... so that that becomes a problem, right? Because if you remove the majority of the teams, because you want to, because chat spamming remove planes. Like, what do you do? with those teams like do you just not invite them anymore do you change the format to accompany them somehow it becomes just yeah really i don't think we want like faker styling on like the second seed team from a region that hasn't ever made it like oh oh, oh so i guess which may, i guess happened at msi or something right but um or something similar but um yeah i don't i don't know how yeah. you solve for such a, a giant disparity in skill so planes is kind of a mess and I don't know how to approach it, but I, I tend to care more about what happens later on. Yeah. I think, um, play-ins, there's a lot of things you can do with it, but the purpose is mostly to like get down to the actual group stage where, um, and, and now that they put major regions in planes. I, I think ultimately it was a kind of a good idea for viewership reasons. It's like get people invested in, in the planes and what was going on because when it was the IWC international wildcard qualifiers, like, no one no one cared and it would get like 40k views you know at least in english speaking like twitch and stuff um whereas now you're north of hundred thousand easily every single time um uh, so like i i see how that was a much a very good product decision um but there's there's a lot of other things that you need to solve for too i think um i think there's some things that that work in valorant that you can copy though yeah i i disagree that the the valorant stuff isn't something we should be looking at for inspiration but rudifer thank you so much for the call anything you want to shout out uh, before we go on to the next caller, uh, just shout out to all your sponsors and hope to maybe run into you at in New York. Yeah, hope so too. Thanks so much, and uh, hopefully catch you there. See you. All right, 
We got two more callers. Mark is off to grab them. Thank you to Pokemans who donated five dollars to our charity, our fundraiser, and Sev TST for the ten dollars. If you're just getting here at the end of the show, we are trying to raise money for Women in Games International through Twitch's uh, new software and UI. So please, please consider doing that before the end of the show when I will have to spend a lot of money on that, uh, which I will happily do. But you know, you can help. Brandon, Brandon, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Vancouver. Vancouver. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, my take is that this year's LCS broadcast is the best to date oh, in boy. terms of entertainment. I, would, I wonder which one of us pulled this take. Sorry, continue. Travis, I'm, I'm glad you're finally supporting and actually being and an optimist. You lasted about like one week of optimism before you're back to... Uh, the Lowell Esports website sucks and their communication... Hey, the Lowell Esports sucks. website is not the LCS. That's a I, know, I, know. I was no, talking, about, I was I'm talking about the broadcast. Yeah. I know. Let's go. Let's go. Sorry. Continue. We interrupted. Um. That was it. Oh. Oh. And you just it mean it's really good. Why do you think it's good? Splits. Oh, sorry. I forgot to add. And it makes for the following splits exciting to come. Okay. Why do you think it's good? Um, I thought that this year was um really good because it felt like everyone was having fun with the production, and on top of that, the games were really good the storylines between the teams were also really interesting like the stuff with c9 you know starting off spring with a completely different roster into winning summer with a completely new one. Oh, mark wants me to blind all of you guys by you putting a giant white excel uh, spreadsheet onto well now you've given them appropriate warning they'll be able to adjust for this awesome spreadsheet that is pretty unreadable but i'll walk everyone through it classic about viewership stuff to support our caller's point who's making I, a great point i don't know if it's going to work for the same windows explorer issues i was having earlier but let's see if i can make it work sorry go ahead whatever you're gonna say mark uh well it's kind of contingent on showing the, the graphic uh set it up i'm I, trying i'm trying Okay, so I, some time ago when the LCS is dying conversation started, was uh, working on collecting data uh, from like the esports chart site. Um, because I think a lot of the times trends of viewership are influenced by a lot of factors. And I want to do like a holistic deep dive of some of those, those factors and map it over the years about how that's happened. Um, and there is something interesting that has emerged at the end of this uh, year of playoffs that hopefully any fucking second it shows up on screen that I can point out how this looks. It's an image. Just just slam the image in there. How does... There it is. Poggers. All right, sick. So, um, the way this works is there is the viewership which is the raw number of the hundreds of thousands. And then the change from the year before is basically uh, comparing it to if it's up or down from the previous year. And then there's the change from split. Where's this data from? To the split before. This data is from esports charts. So it's publicly available data, which means that there is a little bit of potentially like not 100% accurate to what Riot would report. But at least it's consistently from the same source uh, and should show some general trends. Um, and you can kind of see like issues between summer 2020 and summer 2021, for example, we lost 60% or 40% of our viewership about. Um, that's a big problem. Uh, you also see that there was this bump in summer 2020 from uh, spring 2020 and even from uh, um, so summer 2019. That's obviously the COVID bump when COVID shut everything down, people started watching. 
the thing that I want to highlight here is change from split. So as you can see, every time in summer, it goes down from spring. Spring always has higher viewership than summer, except in summer 2020, which as we identified is the COVID bump. What's interesting is that for this year, summer 2020 from split changes is the highest of any region ever from sp spring to summer. It's an, only a 7% And is this, and is this average concurrent? This is average concurrent viewership. Okay. If you can see in that, that second, second row, the change from the split is only a 93% dip, or excuse me, a 7% dip, staying, containing 93% of the viewership from spring. And if you look at everything else, including LEC, that is higher than any other thing. And so while it's still going down, it's actually reversed the trend in that sense where it's, it's positive. Now, there are a lot of factors to this beyond just like the broadcast was fucking perfect. Um, you can talk about the importance of how many best of fives we actually had in playoffs, which drive viewership up immensely. Um, best of fives, the fifth game will always have high, higher viewership. It trends up. We had a ton of those. Um, that was a huge factor in it. Uh, but I also do think the, the broadcast being genuinely significantly better than recent years for the LCS has started to turn people's uh, opinion around. And I think it is significant to point this out because there has been this conversation, the LCS is dying and you know people have their opinions on what's making it go right or wrong. But at the very least, you have some data you can point to and go, this is the best spring to summer retention rate we have ever had. Part of that's because spring started so fucking bad. <laughs> that's another thing to consider too. But at the very least, the people have stuck around. That's why I appreciate the take. And people, the sentiment has changed, I think, a fair amount on Reddit and whatnot, where NA was the laughing stock. A lot of people seem to be enjoying it now. Um, and I just, for people who sometimes hear all the doom and gloom from different sources because they, they don't actually look at the data or whatever, like, if you look at the data, it's starting to look better. Um, so, yeah, I agree with the caller. I think it was a good split. I think it was a lot of fun. You have not sold Twitch chat. They just keep looking at the fact that it's our lowest viewed split of all time. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with my take. I usually don't look at the numbers, nor do I really like care about it, but how, like I used to watch LCS when it first started and then I kind of like watched it here and there, depending on the players that I was following. Uh, but for the past couple of years, I kind of just like turned it off, but this year it was different and it felt like everyone on the broadcast was having more fun. Usually like in between games, I would turn off like the analyst segments but this year it was like i could stay engaged throughout the whole broadcast and not feel kind of bored you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i i usually I, I still turn off whenever the analysts come on i just yeah well no get one that else there. Me, me too i'm actually have them muted i have an earpiece in and it's just playing music when i'm uh <laughs> no uh so i saw one some people in chat like you said travis about this being like the lowest split for lcs True, but only because we had the worst spring ever, um, whereas summer has actually had the best retention rate, like I said. And if you want the copium angle, LEC had worse splits. Summer 2017 for LEC was at 100,000, 103,000, you know? Summer 2018 for them, 117,000. Doing much better now. So these, these things do go up and down quite a bit. And if you, when I was talking about the environmental factors, you know, that's when 
EULCS became LEC and kind of saved what was happening in that region. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of interesting stuff to dig into there that is beyond the scope of this call, but uh, just give me some, some hopium for people. I'm doling out the hopium. Brandon, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Before uh, we... Shout out to you guys. Thank you for running the show. Shout out to your sponsors, Alienware and Grubhub. Uh, actually, I was going to ask you about your Alienware link. Uh, yes. Because I'm in Canada and I don't think it works. It is not, unfortunately. Uh, because of the way that a bunch of the stuff is set up on the back end, uh, Canadian orders do not count towards that. But that, like, if if anybody does want to support me from Canada and wants to buy an Alienware system or monitor or something, you can always just purchase it and then like tweet at Alienware um, or let me know in some way, and I will. I always send those messages over to them so that they know that it happened. But unfortunately, we don't have the ability to do like the direct revenue support um, that we do right now. Okay. Thank you, thank you yeah. guys. Thank yep. you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Bye. All right, we are uh, getting to our last call, and we are about three hundred and eighty-five dollars short of our fundraising goal for the tonight's show. So if anybody wants to help us, you guys have about four minutes, five minutes left to uh, make that happen. LaRoche. Um, before LaRoche goes, I apologize in advance because I, I stepped on his toes when I told um, the previous caller, Rudifer, that it was the double Elim take because this is the double Elim take and stuff like that. LaRoche, where are you calling from? Calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh, you're kind of quiet. I'm going to turn you up to... Sorry. Oh, from Charlotte. you're a little out. Okay, perfect. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so this is about the world format. Um, I think that the, it, it's a little bit different than most people's idea of how to do dumb elimination. Um, I think that we should seed the third place in each group directly into a loser's bracket. So it would work similar to how... LCS playoffs work with the seven and eight seed were directly into losers. Um, and then you have the rest of the normal seed one and seed two from uh, pool and winners bracket. Um, so normally, you know, we have in our bracket stage for worlds, you have seven best of fives over seven days, and that's usually three weekends. If you do what I'm, you know, kind of proposing, I guess, um, you get 16 best of fives, and you can do that over 12 days, in my opinion. So back, I think, at least before 2018, um, the quarterfinals matches, they used to do two best of fives in one day. In, uh, one day. Um, and then for plans for their uh, best of five stage, they also do two best of fives in one day. So I think for the quarterfinals kind of section, you could do two best of fives uh, each day over four days. So you get 12 total broadcast days. So, you know, that would be more work for the broadcast team. Um, so so how do you solve for, do you, do you just have LC, like worlds take place all in the same location? Cause like part of the challenge is, is that they need those days to like move things from New York to Atlanta and that type of stuff. Sure, yeah. So, so we would add like kind of one extra week to worlds. So, oh my god, it's already so fucking long. Three, it's three so long, Laroche. Laroche, are you killing anything to make room for this, or are you just like stapling it onto the bottom, like the uh, loser's bracket? I would 
I'm stapling it onto the bottom right now. Okay, what if you make loser's bracket best of threes and you do two a day? I I think you could do that best of three um, up until the um, loser's grand final. Loser's final. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that changes to best of five. But it, it's kind of weird. I'm not sure if we could. We've never done. We or we have. You, we used to do best of threes uh, back at season three worlds. But since season four, we've only done best of five, so I'm not sure if changing to best of threes, I don't know, that might be a little bit of a jump. Um, and I mean, your 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 thing is a much bigger jump, LaRoche. So I've I've tried to soften the landing on the the jump that you're making. I think uh, that's ultimately the the problem is like you could do best of threes, uh, international those best of threes. You know, like I think maybe people could swallow it a little bit, but. Uh, I think the, the problem is just the broadcast days increasing them substantially as well as um, just the length of the tournament. It's already a pretty long tournament. Uh, it goes for about a month and I don't think more than a you month. can just put, well, yeah, it goes for more than a month. So like you can't just put another week on there. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's I, I think there's ways to make the loser's bracket work. I like, in some sense, what a lot of the regional leagues in the West do about, like, you see some teams in the loser's bracket like you're talking about, but then instead of doing... The problem I've always had with our current group stage, and I think it would solve so many problems, and I pitch it every year, I'm going to pitch it again, the group stages are terrible at actually evaluating strength of teams because there are these four little pods with only four teams in them and everyone who comes out number one is treated as the same strength as a number one seed and all the two seeds are as the same strength as number two seed and like maybe your two seed was weaker than this person's third seed but now we don't know because they're not playing each other you solve so many problems if you take these four groups and combine them into two groups and then make them all play each other and instead of doing a double round robin you do a single round robin it works out to almost the same number of games this solves two problems. One, more matchups, so you don't have to watch the same teams play twice, uh, which isn't necessarily bad, but I think you know it's just more individual matches that you get to see. And two, it solves the problem of power ranking these teams. Like, which one seed is better between the four? Like, you don't really know. But at least with if this, you get a one, two, three, four seeding as opposed to just a one, two, four times. You get two one, two, three, fours, which will then allow you to seed a bracket somewhat better. Then, if you are stapling on a loser's bracket, it's very nice to take those four place teams and just stick them in a loser's bracket and make the top side one, two waiting, number ones waiting in, in like a, a little bit further on. This is similar to how all the, the NA, LCS, and uh, LEC brackets are. One in, the one seeds from each group get a buy. The twos and the threes play each other in the first round of the winner's bracket. And loser's bracket is preceded with the, the loser's teams. And this allows us to usually complete playoffs in three weeks already in the regional leagues. So you could keep the three weeks of, of bracket play with a lower bracket. So that would be my pitch if I was going to do anything. And it, it doesn't really change um, broadcast days. And it allows you to, to get all this kind of stuff. And now none of you guys have to watch the blame game this week. I'm going to do it again with graphics because, as someone just said, we understood what you said. I, I was not very eloquent there. So, uh, my bad. Boom. Yeah. Uh, two people tried to hit the 28 cent part by both donating the 28 cents at the same time. It's very funny. Okay. <laughs> <Or> 56. <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much to LaRoche for uh, the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, shout out uh, Alienware and Grubhub and uh, keep keep making the contact, content. I uh, really enjoy Blame Game, so uh, keep doing Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll catch you next time. All right, that is the show. Uh, Mark Zimmerman. Okay, so first I have nobody leave because we're going to be looking at, as if you missed at the beginning of the show, we're going to be watching and premiering a North American World's Hype video that Silvix has made uh, with his team. So please stick around for that. Uh, Mark, what do you what do you got for us? What's coming out? What's what's going on in your world? What should you What are you trying to promote? Shout outs to uh, the Blame Game coming out this week. Already spoiled some of it. Um, but you know, it'll be much better of a watch then. Uh, then also shout out to uh, Worlds Prep. We'll have to be doing that this week. Looking forward to to watching all these these teams play. That's fantastic. It. You love to see it. Okay. Uh, and then for me, I am going to probably tomorrow. Um, I am going to be uh, putting out the next episode of Dinner with, which will feature. None other than Broden Plett. Um, and I'm realizing I don't have my uh, wallet on me right now uh, for this donation thing. None other than Broden Plett. Uh, so please tune into that. I know a lot of you guys know Broden from back whenever he was uh, in the Travis Gafford Industries ecosystem. He's now doing really great things over at Offline TV, and he's been around for a long time, has some cool stories to tell. So um, please go check that out. Uh, it's uh, going to be really good. And we just hit our $1,000.28 goal. Thank you all of you guys Hoggers. for coming through. Uh, really appreciate it. Somebody very impressive closing the gap at the end. Uh, but either way, that's going on. Uh, speaking of that, I'm going to shout out some folks here at the end who did help support, uh, who I haven't had a chance to read out yet. Immortal Scrub with the 25, and Streep with the 50. Darth Nomi and Doomraker, thank you for your prime. Sophia with the 10. Mark Z with 50, Sophia with another 15, Bloodbath Kath with 50, Rudifer for 1028, and uh, Poison Flame as well, Ophir for 20, and Noblet. So thank you everybody um, for supporting the charity drive tonight. Glad we were able to make that happen. Um, but other than that, that's it for Hotline League. Try I feel like there's something else I'm supposed to be mentioning. I got, I got nothing. We'll see you next week. <laughs>